Hey, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And we're here to talk about S3E16, Misery Loves Company. Oh, hell yeah, we are. I hope you enjoyed our uh, new intro song there. I decided I'd start playing around with the instruments I use and maybe do a different one each week. Yeah, yeah. Marco, did you like the music? I did. It's yeah. a whole new Bros Watch PLL2. Even though he didn't actually hear it all added in post, but <laughs> Misery Loves Company. That's just inside baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh written by I Marlene King and John L. Lennon. Um this is the first episode directed by I Marlene King. It's a very interesting episode with some clever direction, I would say, which we'll get to. The beginning of the Dark Spencer saga. Oh, don't give anything away. So we open, Emily's pouring Arya some tea, they're at Arya's place, mm-hmm. uh, Emily like sniffs the tea and she's like, what the fuck is this? Right. And Arya's like, uh, it's some kind of herbal thing, cure all recipe, and Spencer says, I don't think it's working, you look terrible. Yeah. yeah. And Arya's just like, thanks. Yeah, thanks, bitch. She does look pretty sickly. Like, she's not quite green, but uh-huh. she's almost there, she's very pale. I uh, want to say that... This, so they're going for obviously like an Arya has no makeup on, Arya mm-hmm. this, blah, blah. Does it not seem like in this episode, Lucy Hale looks so much more like season one Lucy Hale? In some ways, yeah. I mean, it's, she, she has minimal makeup on, you know. I mean, just to spare us talking about, there's, there's parts of this episode where Arya just looks like pasty and sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. But like, there's Probably certain like sequences him. where I'm like, wow, she is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Meredith's herbal cure-all shit. And uh, so Hannah shows up. She's brought over everything that helps her when she's sick, which is trashy mags, ginger ale, and three seasons of Saved by the Bell. Hannah's a girl after my own heart. I love the ginger ale when I have a, a cold or the flu. Ginger ale, Sprite, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are Not you a, a Sprite guy? Either one, really. See, that's... Mm, sorry. Oh, okay. There's a difference. I don't pass a test with you? Nope. Me and Hannah, we're, we're over on Team Ginger Ale, and you're just like, whatever. Where are you in the Save by the Bell? Why don't you drink rainwater? Where are you in the Save by the Bell stuff? I'm not there. I think Hannah likes the Sprite in me. Um, so, Arya's staying home alone while Byron's out of town for his conference. Couldn't have picked um, the worst time to get sick. Yeah. Um, there's a nice thing, as the girls are talking, they have that kind of POV thing where somebody is clearly watching these girls from like the front windows. Mm-hmm. Like, kind and of stalking around the front of the house, watching them. Our, our favorite stalker shots, yeah. Spencer asks Arya if she's sure she wants to stay here by herself, and Arya says she is. And Emily, Emily now chimes in, Spencer's tulpa, and says, you don't look so good. <laughs> and Arya's like, yes, yeah, so I've heard. <laughs> Both Spencer and her imagined self are telling me I don't look so good. Yeah, Arya can't stay with Ella because it's her week with Mike, so the guest bedroom is already taken up. Is... Does Ella still have her apartment over the art gallery? Have we ever actually seen the apartment? I'm not sure if we have. I don't think, think we've so. heard about it. But. Yeah, but I mean, I don't even know if it's the same place. Remember, she moved there, then she moved back home. Yeah, who knows? I mean, she was moving out again at the start of the season. Yeah, so Arya promised that she wouldn't tell her mom about Ali's diary yet. So the other liars... No, she promised Meredith. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she promised Meredith. The other liars really can't believe that they're trusting Meredith on this, but Arya's kind of vouching for her. Yeah, Meredith is just as devastated as Arya is. Um, but Arya has hidden those diary pages in a safe place, 
and they'll have to give Byron a chance to come clean when he gets back. But Arya says that she could not believe that Byron would have hurt Allie. But if he did do it, then this is a family secret she can't keep. <laughs> can't you, though, Arya? It's like, I like how she words it. The other girls have to be like, um, <laughs> more family secrets? Like, like everything leading up to murder? Like, what what are you saying here, Arya? <laughs> um, but in meanwhile, then we cut to the A-Lair. Yes, the A layer. One A is in a rocking chair, at like reading a book or something. Then gets up, and we see that it's Toby. Toby kind of like walks through a window that has like a map over it, but there's a hole in the map. So Toby kind of like looks outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, we don't really see what he's looking at, but he's looking uh, out the window. Can we talk about how Melissa Etheridge is blasting in this room? Did you know that that, that was Melissa Etheridge when you? I- I had a pretty strong guess based on the singer's voice, and then I went and confirmed, like, oh, shit, this I guess is Melissa Etheridge. I didn't notice the voice just because it was, like, this, like, crazy, like, techno-rockin' music. Um, I would not have ever guessed that was Melissa Etheridge. So, Mona's on her laptop, fucking around with what looks like some it's security a, system floor plans. Yeah, security system, it's like, it says, like, uh, you know, alarm system disarmed or something. Uh, it looks like a house. Mm. I'm guessing it's Arya's house. I don't know. Um, I don't know whose house it is. It's a, it's a really good question because she then says we're on for tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Um, Toby mentions to, or Toby mentions to Mona that Spencer is still lying to him. Pretend that A went away when Mona went to Bradley and Mona kind of responds to him in this like robo Terminator voice. (laughs) Her A voice says that bitch can keep a secret and then she turns around and says i respect that yeah toby feels like they're rushing this but mona keeps telling him she's not the one calling the shots yes and she's like i told you i'm not the one calling the shots and she gets up and starts to put on a hoodie herself mm-hmm. uh i love mona and like her just her her a like ponytail and, and black clothing it's a good look so but like so the walls you know it's not it's not quite the same as like the hotel room at the uh, at the hotel the motel um, last season, but Seems it's a still more got, cramped. It's more cramped. It's more dingy as shit. Like like you wouldn't want to park your car in whatever neighborhood contains this place. But like there's still like the surveillance photos all over the walls. There's like a like a, a creepy clown mask on display. You know what's funny is there's a Danby mug on top of the fire yeah. cabinet. Yeah. So but like is like this kind of crazy fucking shit all over the walls like the first step to becoming like adrenalized hyper reality batman like mona is i think so although i i i think we can both agree that toby will never exist in an adrenalized hyper reality the same but way I, mona does. at the same time so whatever deal with the devil or whatever that brings you to to this apprenticeship shouldn't mm-hmm. toby like on his first day have been like um seriously like do we need it to be this crazy in here like <laughs> or he's like so like when do you teach me how to be a ghost ninja yeah you know? Yeah, like the when do you when do you teach me to do like this uh like Valor Margolis stuff here? Mm-hmm. But I mean like he's like maybe on this one wall where we have seven hundred pictures of Allison, maybe just the one. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. we're gonna forget who she is. Right? I mean, I don't know. So Mona puts her hoodie on and she says, Fear cuts deeper than a sword. <laughs> Mona is Arya Stark. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, They need to understand that she's in charge. And Toby says, then I'll take care of it. Yeah. Toby just, like, does not look menacing in an A hoodie. Uh, maybe something about the way the hoodie hangs on him. 
could it also be the fact that his face is incapable of emoting? I guess. In some of these shots, like, it just, it, it looks like it doesn't fit properly or something. Like, I don't know. Hoodies look, just look better on Mona. They look better on girls in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially because, like, Mona's is, like, one size too big, so it just looks really cute on her, mm-hmm. I guess. Plus, she, she goes so much more minimal in her makeup. She goes kind of slightly back to, to, like, Radley makeup, you know, like yeah, that level. Yeah. Um, so this will probably be the last time that we can actually break up an episode by each of the four girls. So we're going for it. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, the gist of that scene, Mona and, and Toby are about to perform some sort of operation at somebody they, else's request. They are about to conduct a symphony of destruction. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about Arya now. Oh yeah, we are. So uh, it's daytime. It's the next day. Mm-hmm. Arya is sleeping on the couch. It's morning. Meredith is snooping around in the background as Arya's napping, mm-hmm. just kind of like looking at shelves and, you know, desks and whatnot and uh, tables. Side note, the chick who plays Meredith is playing the Madeline Stowe role in the 12 Monkeys TV show. Really? Which itself wow, looks weird. like a terrible ripoff of Continuum. Hmm. I don't know what to think of that. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, you got the guy from who played Pyro in the X-Men movies and the chick who played Meredith from Pretty Little Liars. Ooh. Yeah, so Arya wakes up feeling fairly miserable still. So Meredith brings her some more tea. Yeah, just immediately just like shoves that tea in her face. Right. It's not quite lunchtime, but Meredith had a break in class, so she decided to come check on Arya. Um, Arya finally <laughs> decides, you know what? This herbal tea is not working. I need to like go see a doctor. I need to call my mom. Where's my phone? Yeah. Well, because Meredith feels her forehead, and she's like, "Oh, it's really warm." Yeah. Uh, I feel like you you should be able to tell somebody actually has a fever. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, so Arya can't find her phone, and Meredith's like, "Oh, well, I'll tell your mom instead. Why don't you go upstairs? You'll sleep better up there." Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Meredith assumes that the stress of the diary pages and the shit of Byron is what brought this on, but Arya, she just can't think of that right now. She can't think about it. Mm-hmm. And Meredith's like, so, uh, the pages are in a safe place, right? But Arya's already drifted off back to sleep, so. Yeah, Meredith looks pissed. I really want, like, someone just to give me a simple little, like, edited cut of this where, like, Arya snores loudly. <laughs> well, like, clearly Meredith is looking for this diary pages, but it's like, Maybe you shouldn't have given them back to Arya to begin with. Maybe well, she just like didn't expect Arya to take them. Yeah. I feel like she had to, though. You know what I mean? Just to win Arya over guess, for a little yeah. bit. Um, and then she's just like, fucking high school girls. God mm-hmm. damn it. Yeah. So we cut to the school hallway. Uh, Meredith's running into Ella. She was looking for her. She wanted to let Ella know that she stopped by checking Arya on her break. And that uh, Arya's Lies. feeling a lot better. Lies. Yeah. Arya's feeling a lot better. And Ella's glad. And thanks, Meredith, for checking on her. And Meredith's like... No problem. She's a lovely girl. Mm-hmm. And that's when Ella should have called 911. Well, instead, she walks away and pulls out her phone to call Arya. And then, of Ella course, does. we see that Ella does. And we see that Meredith has Arya's phone mm-hmm. and just hits ignore on it. Mm-hmm. Bitch. Yeah. So, uh, back to Arya sleeping in bed. Oh, I love this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the show. Uh, Arya sleeping in bed. She's in just like a kind of like a simple long sleeve jersey top. Uh, and the doorknob turns, and somebody walks in, like a leggy blonde. We all assume is Meredith, of course, but we don't see this person's face. Moves around the room, goes through Arya's purse, goes it's through like the closet. It's like somebody in, um, in like kind of like 
turquoise like skinny pants and uh like a white top and we see as this person they're looking around Arya's room looking for something you know mm-hmm. and then they move to the closet and it's in the shot in the closet where it's like wait a minute that hair doesn't exactly look like Mara's there's uh some curls in it like not big curls but not you know not super curly but it mm-hmm. looks like somebody else's hair so anyway uh this person opens like a panel in the closet Mm. And there's like a doll behind it, and this this blonde chick takes the doll. She's just about out the door when Arya wakes up and mutters, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. The we see we just kind of see the back of the woman's blonde head here. She's leaving. The woman turns around and oh shit, it's Allison. Yes, Allison, kind of holding the doll. Uh, it appears to have actually taken the diary pages out of the doll. Like you know, this is favorite hiding spot of Allison's. Is this basically Allison's doll, the doll that she had that she had shit in? Because didn't she get, didn't Arya get that from Jason? I believe so, because Allie looks a little surprised at first, but then she says, I'm taking back what's mine. And I wrote down all the dialogue here, because I feel like whenever we get like an Allie, like hallucination or whatever you want to call these, like everything she says is cryptic and important you know i just want to point out the fact that i noticed that and inferred from previous episodes shows that we're different from other pll podcasts because we actually watch the fucking show yeah not we'll gonna get name names but hmm. we'll get into that later yeah side eye <laughs> yeah super side eye cast and shade mm-hmm. aria says is this a dream and i like how ali just kind of like smiles condescendingly at her mm-hmm. and she says no sweetie i'm more real than i've ever been Arya says, tell me what it's like. Tell me everything. And Ellie kind of moves and sits down on the bed next to Arya. Because Arya's kind of like sat up. She's interested, you know. Mm-hmm. Interested in somebody else for once. And Ali says, I don't know who said knowledge is king. Some old fart probably. But he was right. I see everything now. I missed so much when I was here. I like that. For, like, Arya really thinks that she's talking to a specter. Mm-hmm. Like she really thinks that Allison has like gotten like uh, a day pass from like Hades. And Arya's, like, going to, like, infer details to conquer death or something. Yeah. And Arya says, do you see A? And Allie says, everywhere I turn. And so do you. You all do. I'm surprised Spencer hasn't figured it out yet. Who do we think that's a reference to? Toby? Uh, Very cryptic. Uh, Arya sees Allie opening the diary pages and says, did it really happen, what you wrote in those pages? Were you blackmailing my dad? And Allie just, like, smiles at this, and she says, Byron's really coming around, isn't he? I mean, when the chips are down with Ezra's mom, and Arya's just like, Allie, I need to know the truth. I like how Allie just says, if I tell you the truth, you don't have to believe it. <laughs> Arya says, please. And so Allie says, I was desperate for that money. Arya's like, how could you do that to my family, to me, you bitch? And Allie's like, it was just a threat. I never called your mom. And yeah, this is more talking about, like, like you're talking to a specter from Hades, you know, Arya's just like, did my dad kill you? And Ali says, do I look dead to you? Uh, apparently, do I look dead to you? And um, what is it? The uh, I'm more real than I've ever been or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. or I'm Marlene King's like favorite lines of dialogue. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Just knocked over a beer. Hold on a second. Yeah, to wipe that up before I got on my Lolita book. That's what happens when you podcast and drink and website page at the same time. Mm-hmm. So where were we? Uh, do I look dead to you? Yeah, do I look dead to you? And Arya reaches for a tea, but then Allie stops her, and she's like, I wouldn't drink that. And Arya's like, what do you mean? And Allie says, Meredith is looking for those pages, too. 
And then Ellie kind of gets up, and Arya's like, Ellie, wait. And Ellie looks back and says, you know why I picked you, right? And Arya just shakes her head, and Ellie winks at her as she leaves. Like, kind of sets the doll down on a table by the door, shuts the door. Arya gets up and runs over to it and opens it, but there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And then we come back to Arya's, like, rolling over in bed, waking up. Was it all just a dream? It's a little later in the day now, just from the lighting. And, but she looks over and that doll is like on a table where Allie left it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's great because that sequence with Allison and the way they cut to this, like that sequence was just like glowing. Yeah. Like, every, everything was bright and beautiful and soft. And like this cuts to like, it's still presumably daytime, but like the blinds are shut or whatever, the shutters, and it looks dark and, and cloudy. And Arya looks like, like she's been doing, she's pasty and pale. Like she's been doing heroin for mm-hmm. six weeks or something. Oh yeah. I mean, it's this is this is a, a stark difference from like Arya thirty seconds ago. But yeah, you know uh, what I picked you right. Fascinating. Those, those words are haunt Arya forever. Um, Arya starts to grab some of that tea, then pauses to reconsider, then pours the cup into her nearby plant. Arya's she's catching on. I wanted that plant just to like wilt and die yeah. immediately. <laughs> Or <laughs> like later in the episode for her to like look back and it's like turned like brown. Or like it's just like melted a hole through the floor or something, yeah. Um so Ari gets up, she tries her door, but she's locked in. Yeah, she starts pounding on it, calling for help, but no one's there. And she That's... looks over at like the tea and at her bed and kind of looks around and her eyes get super big anime size because she's figured it out. Yeah. Something's up. She's trapped. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Hannah and Emily, who, you know, they've had adventures in this episode, and now they're surrendered to the Arya plot. Yeah. They're just walking and talking down the street of Rosewood. Hannah's wrist hurts from, from something that happened earlier, and Emily's talking about how someone at school that she knows, who's like double-jointed, uh, and they're walking into a drugstore, presumably to, like, get Hannah, like, some aspirin or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they spot Meredith is at the counter, and, like, yelling at the pharmacist in there. Yeah. Uh, Meredith had refilled her prescription of clonazepam last week, and we'll have to call her therapist again to refill that. But, uh, she doesn't have time to call the doctor. She needs those pills now. Although the pharmacist is like, sorry, but clonazepam is a class three medication. You gotta talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. And basically, the pharmacist is like, sorry, like, I don't, you're, you know, your time and deadline is not of concern to me. Like, there's nothing I can do. We're closing in a few minutes. So, yeah. Meredith Well, I like that we're closing in a few minutes, too. It's like, not only do I want to get rid of you, but we're also closing so you can't come back later. Right, right. Yeah, like, Hannah, or Meredith looks back, and it's almost like she sees Emily and Hannah who are watching us through the window. And Emily and Hannah do the worst, most conspicuous ducking out of the way ever. <laughs> um, They are pros at that, yeah. Meredith somehow still doesn't see them and instead grows and grabs like a ton of like antihistamine allergy relief pills and mm-hmm. tells the therapist to ring her up. The therapist is like, what are you planning on doing with right, all these right. antihistamine drugs? Like, does, shouldn't he be like, like simultaneously making a, a call to the FBI? Like, whoever mm-hmm. you call when people buy too much fertilizer or whatever. Well, he's like, just like making a note on like her like file or something like drug seeking behavior you know? <laughs> like just write down code walter white <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so meanwhile aria is looking through her keyhole in her room which is just a great little visual metaphor mm-hmm. she's got a hanger in there like she's trying to i thought at first like she's trying to get the key to go through the other side or she's trying to pick, trying the, to lock. pick the lock whatever she's doing it's not working spencer would be very displeased with you aria 
Um, Don't you just want to see Arya walk out to Meredith and be like, stay out of my territory? <laughs> I want to see Arya tell somebody, you're goddamn right. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer would be displeased with a whole lot of shit in this Arya plotline. But uh, meanwhile, on the street. Hannah and Emily are huddled around Emily's phone because Emily has Googled that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam is commonly used for anxiety, but people also use it to help them sleep. And like Anna says, either Meredith is a major insomniac or she's trying to knock out a cow. <laughs> um, so Meredith's order gets filled and she storms out. She storms out of the pharmacy. Emily and Hannah are right by the door and just turn and look the other way. <laughs> um, they're staring at a sign, I just want to say real quick, that offers designer sunglasses three for $17. That's a lot. Is that a lot or is that a good deal? I mean, I, I mean, I would say that's a lot for the money. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah but I mean, then deal. again, they're at a pharmacy, so I don't know what you're really getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So Meredith just storms down the street. Uh, the girls do not like the idea of this woman nursing Aria back to health. So they try her phone again, but it goes straight to voicemail. Yeah, and we still can't get her. So back to Aria. She's finally given up on the door, and instead she like has like a kind of like a hand mirror, mm-hmm. and she breaks it and kind of stares at herself with like the fractured reflection. Um, just like her fractured brain because she's dissociative, mm-hmm. and she pulls out a big old shard, like a, a doily, like, kind of a nice size shard, and then wraps a doily around it to make like a shiv. Arya's made a shiv. Arya has made a shiv, and then she goes back to bed. She's like holding onto the shiv, like gripping it, and like kind of looking at her reflection in it, mm-hmm. uh, getting more dissociative. I would imagine as she waits. So and it's like Arya's just gonna wait in bed with the shiv now. When people are watching this in real time, please tell me that was a hashtag. Arya made a shiv. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. Somebody somebody make that a hashtag now retroactively. Come on. Arya made a shiv. That's brilliant. Well, um, I mean, you know, Arya doesn't get messed with a lot, but like the first sign of trouble, she just made a fucking shiv. Yeah. She she just like jumped straight to weaponry. Like, I'm going to wait in bed and like slit Mer- Meredith's throat if she tries anything. You could make the argument, though, that when Arya is with the other liars, she's weaker. Mm-hmm. Here she's by herself. She's backed into a corner. She's feral. She's possibly oh, yeah. uh, tapped into her, like, like the war Arya, the mm-hmm. warrior, if you will, personality, who makes a shiv and goes to town on people. Yeah, yeah. so in bed, Arya is apparently falling asleep. She's tossing and turning as she sleeps. She wakes up. And there's Meredith standing right over her. It's like looming right over her, looking super menacing. And Arya kind of is like startled and search, like searching around for a shift. But then she sees that Meredith is holding it. And she's like, is this what you're looking for? And if you want to, if you want to go ahead and name check a Jurassic Park like, uh, reference, Meredith calls Arya a clever girl. Quite the clever girl. I searched every inch of this house twice and I can't find those pages anywhere. And Arya's like, have you been drugging me? And Mary's like, don't be so dramatic. I gave you something to help you sleep. Wonderful. And also locked her in her room. Yeah. Meredith can't let Arya turn those pages over to the police. And uh, she tries to get up, but Meredith pushes her back down. She's so like, Shut up. So Arya looks over and sees that Meredith is gripping that shiv so hard that her hand is bleeding and, like, dripping onto the floor. Yeah, and Meredith does not seem aware of it at all. And Arya's right. kind of like, oh, shit, this bitch is nuts. Yeah. She said that, that she lied to her told her friends about the diary pages too so whatever meredith is planning won't work Mm -hmm. i always love like whenever there's a movie or tv show when the hero has to explain to the villain why it won't you might as well not even kill me Mm -hmm. because this is what i've done yeah 
And oh. then there's like kind of like a lightning crash and like a, one of the wooden shutters on her windows like makes a noise and like comes undone. And Meredith turns around at this to like close the shutter. And while she does this, Arya gets up and bolts out the room. So the storm has started at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's stormy. There's like lightning outside. Uh, Arya runs downstairs and gets to one of their cordless phones. And she's trying to call the police on the phone. And she's waiting and waiting for the connection. And then she turns around and well, there's Meredith. It's a great thing because she's staring at the staircase. She just came down, mm-hmm. waiting for Meredith to come down, having given chase. And she keeps waiting. And it's like, it's almost, to me, like eagerly suspicious. Like, okay, yeah, the phone's dead. Why hasn't she come down those stairs after me? And then she turns around and there's Meredith, who cold cocks her. Well, I couldn't figure out. I slow-moed it. Like, Meredith hits her with something that she's holding in her hand. Right. Maybe it's like another phone or the like the receiver. I don't know what. But she hits her with something over the head and knocks her ass out. Yeah. Yeah, you never see what it is, which I think is probably what makes this still an ABC family show. I don't probably, know. yeah. Oh, um, also, the, they, the directing... They need, they need Arya to not have a concussion later. Yeah. Well, the directing's very interesting. Uh, it's, it's like full of like good old fashioned like horror movie tropes. You know, like you have like dark lighting and lightning happening and staircases. Uh, I had to say for a first episode, Marlene King does a pretty good job here. I've seen some stuff online where like some of the writers have talked about like which Hitchcock episodes in particular. Mm-hmm. influence like certain seasons and what have you and i've seen some of the directors talk about their movies and certain influences on particular episodes i'd really like to see i marlene king do like a like a top 10 her favorite horror movies list that'd be interesting yeah that'd be really interesting both as a writer and and you know director so outside aria's house hannah and emily pull up in emily's car it, it's definitely a dark and stormy night yeah storming thunder and lightning so they go up to the door they knock they're sure that aria has to be there they're screaming out for her um, they eventually find a key, let themselves in. They're still calling for Ari, and of course now the lights go out. The power yeah, but out. there's there's so much lightning that it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So they go up the stairs. They go into Ari's room. Oh, one thing I just did just want to mention briefly is um, Hannah got the spare key from a hanging potted plant. I like that Hannah's the one that knew it was there because Hannah is Arya. Because she's Arya. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, um, also Hannah's wearing like this big. Like navy blue sweater with white stars on it that looks like it's like taken from an American flag. It's just I don't know what's going on with that sweater. Well, it's funny is because Joe Quesadilla went on Stephen Colbert this week to reveal that Hannah is the new Captain America. I could I could buy that, yeah. Yeah, and this is the outfit that she's going to wear. Um, yeah. So they're up in Arya's room, like staring at the now empty, darkened room. Uh, they try to call out for her again. Meredith just like silently appears in the doorway and like, Ooh, comes like, in the room behind she, them. She like looms in, like drifts in, yeah, super the creepy. O- only thing I would have added to this that I Marlene King didn't do is I would have done that like overused Spike Lee thing where like Meredith just like like glides oh, I, in. I hate I hate that look. I, I can't stand that. No, what I would have done was the uh, uh a shadow drifts in, but you don't see who it is till the lightning flashes. Mm, that'd be good, yeah. yeah. They they try to call uh, Arya again. Then they hear the vibration from the phone behind them and turn to see Meredith standing there. Looking creepy. Full on creepy. And she's like, why are you girls out in this storm? What, it's like it's so calm, though. What are you girls doing out here in the storm? Yeah, and they ask like, about Where's Arya? As they like, look at the phone in her hand. Which still says, like, Hannah calling on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Meredith says that, you know, Arya's down in the basement looking for flashlights. She's been down there for a little while. Maybe we should go check on her. 
And then she just moves in this very like still manner, leading them down the stairs, letting them follow her. And they're very kind of cautiously following, like, huh, you know, I don't know what's going on here. But then she opens the door to the basement, allows them to go down first. <laughs> they're calling out for Arya. Once they're down a few steps, Meredith shuts the door and locks them in. Very smooth by Meredith. No, it's not. They're like, they should have been like, how the fuck did we fall for this? <laughs> I think they both are thinking that immediately. Like, I, oh, I wanted, shit. I wanted Hannah to turn to like Emily and be like, no matter what happens, let's make a pact that we never tell Spencer about this fuck up. Mm hmm. Well, Spencer would be like, look, bitches, like one of you goes in front, one of you goes behind her. Right. Also, Spencer would probably <laughs> like have a she's taser a prisoner. On Spencer have a taser. That's the, that's the future hashtag that I want the show to write in for me. Um, so they grab a flashlight and they, they head down the stairs more looking for Arya. Of course, Arya's creepy fucking house has a creepy fucking basement. Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't think they're alone down there. They pan over like a box of creepy dolls to find Arya passed out on the floor. Yeah, this is after they found like a flashlight. Um, they're trying to wake Arya up, but she's just kind of passed out and uh, they can hear footsteps upstairs now. Oh, and the floorboards above them, yeah. Mm -hmm. So later, Arya's awake as the three of them are trapped there in the basement. Hannah's trying to comfort Arya that it'll be okay. And Arya's like, you don't get it, guys. She's lost it. She is madhouse, boo Radley, fucking not so crazy. <laughs> She's lost it. She's crazy. And then we're walking around upstairs, and Arya's just like, what is she doing up there? And here's another, like, Emily is totally Spencer moment, where Emily says, if Spencer was here... She'd say there was that that uh, she was pacing while she plots to her way to get rid of us, and Hannah says she'd probably be right. And then Hannah's like, "But seriously, let's never tell her how we ended up in this basement ever, please. <laughs> God damn, yeah." Emily's so Spencer, like, "Spencer can't be here for this scene, but if she was, this is what she would say." Yeah, really, and that's that's seriously what Emily is for the rest of this scene. Mm -hmm. Emily says that there's three of them and one of her, so let's give her the pages and then we'll take her down. And Hannah's like, I had no problem opening up a can of whoop-ass on well, her. I love the, the Arya, okay, so Arya made a shiv. And you know she made a shiv because we mm -hmm. hashtagged it. But Arya's the one who's like, take her down? <laughs> well, like, maybe this is maybe this is regular Arya again. Maybe yeah. dissociative Arya went away. Yeah, so Emily's like peeking out the window there, that little tiny window that you have to climb up to see. And she hears a noise and sees, she tells us that Arya's dad's car has shown up. Um, What's he doing here? Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be back here until tomorrow. So Hannah asks if Byron could be in on this. And Ari says, I don't know what to believe anymore. So inside the house, Meredith is again, she's sitting very still, like by the fire, staring into it. Probably Super trying to, looking, yeah. probably trying to communicate with the Red God because this night is dark and full of terrors. But, uh, Byron comes in calling for Meredith. He only heard half her message and has been trying to call, but the phone's disconnected. Yeah, and so Meredith says, Arya knows everything. She knows about the blackmail. And she knows that you saw Allison that night. That you... She has proof, Byron. And her friends know, too. And Byron's just kind of, like, stone-faced at this whole uh, well, this reveal. This wonderful close-up as Meredith finally looks away from the fire and stares at him. And she looks terrified mm -hmm. by this revelation. But So in the basement, Emily has a golf club. Like, she's about to go full Jack and Yeah, Emily pulls out a golf club. And, uh... I like how Arya's like, my dad will never hurt us. And they're just like, you sure about that? They're like, like, do you even listen to yourself, Arya? Yeah, Byron's calling Arya from upstairs. Hannah grabs like some sort of like metal pipe or something to like tool up to. 
And Emily kills like the lantern that they had going downstairs. Oh, so we and they all the like take defensive positions. Yeah, when em- Emily grabbed the golf club and they asked her why, she said because we don't know what they're planning for us up there. <laughs> yeah, so the door opens. It's Byron it starts to come downstairs. It's very spooky, kind of like canted angles and lightning behind his and like silhouetting him. You know, it's the shot that you always have when the creepy figure, the, the composing figure, there were, sends I remember the darkened staircase. When I first watched this episode, there were so many shots of the stairwell, uh, and like it's it's just like wooden stairs. Like you, there's something behind the stairs, and I was totally expecting like first when Arya went down, or not when Arya, but when uh, when Hannah and Emily went down, I was like Arya's gonna like reach out and trip them or something, you know? Like that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, creepiness under the stairs. Well, whenever it's wooden stairs, you expect at some point they'll break and somebody will fall. I was expecting something to happen with Byron there, but no, he just walks downstairs and kind of steps into the light and he asks Arya if she's okay and he. Looks a little surprised by like all the weaponry, you know? <laughs> and it's just like you don't need to be afraid of me. I swear, I I didn't hurt Allison. Flashback, flashback. Byron is meeting Allie that night, the night that she disappeared. Because there's the, a lot of the night of Allie and the yellow top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, I didn't bring any money. And Allie says, Well, then we both know how this is going to end. Yeah, he points out that this will really hurt Arya if Allison makes that call. And he says, I don't think you're that horrible of a person. <laughs> Which Allison says, then you clearly don't know me that well. Well, it's funny because the audience is probably thinking that at the same time. I'm sure the audience is very confused about this flashback Allison versus the dream sequence Allison that Arya just confronted, you know, 20 minutes earlier. You know, this I think is the beauty of PLL is that there's people I'll always debate like, was Allie a monster? Was she, you know, was it, why were the Galarius friends there at the same time? You know, was she ever a decent human being? The answer, of course, is that she's both, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's kind of the, the whole point of the show, at least in my opinion, is that like every character on the show has these deep, massive flaws. Right. And the show kind of just like lets them be there. No one's totally a protagonist or antagonist. Also, I would posit that the closer you get to understanding Allison, you don't realize how much farther away you've gotten from understanding Allison. <laughs> so chew on that, folks. Yeah, so uh, he starts to walk away from her, and she screams out, last chance to save yourself. And he turns back to her and very, like, you know, accepting his fate says... Oh, this is totally like a like a dad move. He's like, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. I'm not talking about myself anymore. I'm talking about you, Allie. Yeah. He walks away again, and Allison screams out, You made your bed, Mr. Montgomery. So he turns back once more, but this time he sees Melissa Hastings walking out, yeah, out of Allison's house on her cell phone. He starts to nod, but then he looks over and just sees Melissa like walking right out of the, like, the side door of the house. And Melissa is on the phone, and she's saying, What do I have to do? Call 911 to get your attention? So he just keeps like staring over at Melissa. And he just like takes off and like leaves well, Allie there. He he looks at Melissa and then he looks back at Allison and he kind of gives her this look like you got bigger shit in your plate to worry about, bitch. You know, or whatever. Yeah, well, because we get this shot where Allison's in the foreground, like kind of up against a tree, and then in the background is Melissa's like pacing on the phone. Mm-hmm. Allie doesn't appear to realize that Melissa's behind her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Byron's just kind of like huh, chew on that. So end flashback. So back. But before we talk about that, let's let's break this down here. Uh, Unpack this. What do I have to do to call to get your? Uh, what do I have to do? Call nine one one to get your attention. Who is she talking to? Because I have a theory. Uh 
it can't be. I don't. I think your immediate thought would be that it's Garrett. But why would it be Garrett? He's already been there and left. And are we sure he's a cop at this point in the show? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that he is or not. Actually, you know, he might say he's a cop now in one of those alley videos. Does he? Okay. He might, but I think she's talking to Wilden. That's my theory. Interesting. Because Wilden would be the more likely one, because Garrett was, like, just there. You know, and, like, well, Garrett Garrett was, like, heading home with Jenna. Right. Right, and, and from his flashback that he told. Well, and on top of it, we know there's a connection there because we saw Wilden at the Eric Kahn, Noel mm-hmm. Kahn party in the first secret. Yeah, it's like they all, there's like an older crowd. Right. You know, like the, the previous generation, uh, where it's like uh, Garrett, Melissa, Ian, Eric Kahn, um, who am I forgetting? I guess Ezra, Cece. kind of in that group. Yeah, Cece. Well, so we all come, we assume they're all kind of the same age. Yeah. but They're all about like 24 is what it seems like. It's kind of interesting, though, is that at this age, Melissa is a intern at a law firm, also taking some kind of college classes, possibly postgraduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason is a wealthy fuck up, like a stone fuck up. Um, Garrett's like basically a patrolman. Mm-hmm. Wilden's a detective. <laughs> like maybe Wilden's like a little bit older. It's hard to tell. You know? Yeah, I, I would hope so for Garrett's sake. <laughs> well, I mean, I could buy that. That Garrett like fucked around for three years after high school, and then he he's finally you know just starting to get his shit together. Well, also he seemingly was not all that committed to being a cop. Like he was looking forward to whatever Endgame. Well, it's like he only did fucked. it to uh, like steal page five or something like that, or yeah. something. Yeah, which is that's a hell of a long game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the police academy. Fuck. Plus, you know, Jenna that we'll must have a, a magical vagina, much like Suki Stackhouse. We can only assume. But you figure Willen probably did something creepy to make that jump from uh, patrolman to detective. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's like the lead detective like a year later after uh, the Halloween thing. Right. So this is after just giving like, uh, you know, sexy milfs rides home from the wine bar. Yeah. Um, so back in the basement and flashback, Byron was prepared to tell Ella the truth, but then, you know, Allison went missing. So victimless crime. Um, the well, longer it, Allison was missing, the harder it became for Byron to tell anyone, which, eh, sure. No, I, I mean, I, I kind of buy it, because what do you do at that point? You know, you're like, Allie went missing, you kind of, like, you don't know what to say, because you, like, might have been the last person to see her. Well, he'll get into that in a minute. So, yeah. later, the lights are back on in Arya's house. Well, we end that with Arya just kind of looking sickened as uh, Byron has explained himself, yeah. Right. Arya's like curled up on a ball on the couch, like staring off into space, possibly staring into the fireplace. Byron comes in. He says that he's called the police. They've checked Mara's apartment, but she's gone. So Arya asks him, why didn't he tell them about this thing of Allison when he told them about the affair? And he tries to sit next to her to tell her this, tell her, answer her. Mm-hmm. She scoots away. Oh, yeah. She's doing the, like, knees up under the chin, arms around her ankles thing. Yeah. He says that when they found Allison's body, it was clear that she had been murdered, and there were no suspects. So he saw her the night before she disappeared, the night she disappeared, and he knew that's that's not going to look so good to the cops. And mm-hmm. so or it would not look good. And Arya clarifies how it does look, not how it will look. Yeah, he's like, I knew how that would look. And she's like, you mean how it does look? Yeah. And he's he, like, what What started this? Like, how did you find out? And yeah. Arya's just like, Allie wrote about it in yeah. a diary. We found it. 
Uh, oh. and she pulls out the pages from the doll and gives them to him. Mm-hmm. And so he can look at them and, and she's like, why didn't you, why didn't you, and he says, why didn't you come talk to me? And Arya wanted to, but Meredith made her believe that he actually, you know, dot, dot, dot. And Arya was scared. And so Byron wants to know if there's any part of Arya that still thinks he might have done this. And she says nothing. And just well, she just gives, like, the cold shoulder, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he, he's like, I understand. And he, like, gets up and he's like, I'm going to go tell the cops everything. And hopefully after the investigation, he'll realize I had nothing to do with Allison's death. Which, like, I feel like these cops would be like, you saw her last, didn't tell us from now, like, you're in jail. You yeah, know? yeah. We have no problem arresting people on far less than this. Yeah, seriously. So, instead, Arya gets up, and she's like, I believe you. And she throws the diary pages into the fire and burns them. Just like a Hastings girl. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like, like there's secret Targaryen rumors on Game of Thrones? Like, could Arya be a secret Hastings? Ooh, that'd be fascinating. So she just kind of stares in the fire and he sits beside her. Uh, I thought this particular scene had really great acting by Lucy Hale. I thought like it's, mm-hmm. it's such an understated Arya performance as, cause usually Arya is a little bit over the top. Well, and she's, she's so sullen and cold to Byron, but at the same time, she, she's processing, you know? Yeah. I mean, like everyone does really great work and they're big moments in this episode. Yeah. Um, seriously. But yeah, this is this is the Arya stuff. So we're talking ready to talk about Hannah? I think we can go back to talking about Hannah, who's walking in to see Caleb in her kitchen and she's got a couple outfits and she wants to know which outfit screams young and hot without being too trendy. She is this is this is about seven thirty in the morning earlier that day. Hannah is basically wearing an old school Madonna outfit as she asks Caleb this. She it has a job interview with the hottest designer in Philly. And, uh, you know, Caleb, who impresses upon her that, uh, you know, he has pretty shitty fashion. Oh, I love the way he's like, he's like, why are you asking me? Like, I've been worried, like, I've had this hoodie that I'm wearing since I was 12, yeah. which is totally a guy thing. You know? But he suggests that, you know, once you go off the dress and just to be sure, why don't you try it on for me? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay, she bounces well, off. I like how Hannah's talking about how it'll be a privilege to get this designer who's named like Corinne. Uh, be a privilege to get her a cup of coffee. Yeah. And, uh, I like how Caleb's like in five inch heels and Hannah's like, at least. So sometimes it's three inches or nothing. Sometimes you have to upgrade to five. Mm-hmm. Um, so once Hannah leaves the room sort of to, to go do this, Caleb takes a call and he's kind of having this like clandestine conversation. So of course this is when Hannah has to come around the corner and hear it. And Caleb says, Hey, I'm in. I'm not going to let her do well, anything else Yeah, he else says, I Hannah. thought about it a lot. I'm in. I'm not going to let her do anything else to Hannah. Yeah. So he hangs up. Hannah comes back in and asks who he was talking to. I love how confrontational Hannah is here. Right. I feel like Hannah, maybe like season one Hannah, would not have done this. Right. Uh, so he comes back in. She's like, who's that? And he's like, uh, it's my mom. And Hannah's just like, really? It's 430 in California. Well, he says his mom is in Chicago in business. And so she asks, why is he talking to his mom about Mona and her? And he says that his mom, you know, knew Mona was bullying her and was worried because Mona's back in school. And there's a pretty good tennis game of lies here. Yeah. Like, Arnie would be proud if she wasn't so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah points out that, you know, his mom should be careful since Mona had somebody run her off the road. 
And Caleb Caleb like, out, you shouldn't be talking to your mom about that. Yeah. Caleb points out that Mona almost ran Hannah over when they were friends. And so now that she's dumped Mona, like, Hannah's in more trouble. Dumped is the operative word there, yes. Yeah. Um, and so Caleb points out that Mona's A. Oh, and Hannah's like, Mona won't do anything. And he's like, of course she will. She's A. And Hannah's like, I, you're going to need to promise me you're not going to do anything stupid. <laughs> and he agrees, but I think we all know he's going to do something yeah, stupid. Yeah, he relents from it and he agrees. Yeah. You know, nothing stupid like, you know, bringing a gun and getting shot by that same gun by Nate St. Germain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, for the most respectful and potentially compatible relationship on the show, Hannah and Caleb's whole relationship is based on, like, lying to each other to protect one another. And yeah, then exactly. saying it's complicated when they don't really want to answer a question. <laughs> So Hannah leaves the room, and when she looks back, of course, because of course she's going to look back, because she knows he lied to her. Yeah. She looks back, and Caleb is just suspiciously texting, texting, texting. So later on, we find Hannah. She's walking down the street in what's presumably Philly. She's in a fashionable kind of royal blue and black dress. Kind of like weird black stripes. Yeah, it's it's a sophisticated look. Uh, Arya would be jealous. Um, Arya would not wear this. No, it's it's too traditionally fashionable, I would it's, say, for Arya. Also, it's not trendy or bizarre. It's not. It's too trendy, but not bizarre enough for Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted. There's like been some music playing over a montage, and it kind of ends in the scene. Uh, there needs to be more weird death splattered over this dress for Arya to wear it. Anyway, so seriously. she gets to a sign that says "Corinne's Designer Boutique," and Hannah kind of stops to smile and check herself out in the mirror, looking very hopeful. Yeah. And in the reflection, in the reflection across the street, is someone in a red coat and black boots is watching her. The person has long blonde hair. Blonde hair. It looks a hell of a lot like Allie. Hmm. Hmm. Or maybe Cece, you know, hmm. since they look so similar. Uh, and Hannah turns around just as red coat turns around as well. And we see like the red coat is like walked off. And so Hannah looks back and she doesn't see anyone. She's, She's like, huh, that's weird. Hmm. Yeah, so she rings the doorbell. She goes inside this boutique. She goes through some curtains to find there's basically just like a bunch of weird, like, white mannequins everywhere. Well, and a lot of, like, white sheets hanging down, like, yeah. dividing various areas. It's all these, like, white mannequins and, like, some white sheets. This is a room filled with sterile death. Well, and the mannequins are, it's not like your typical mannequin. It's just pure, glossy white like plastic or whatever they're made out of welcome to um, a cross between like an old like nip tuck commercial and a hallway of death yeah, yeah and the, the the mannequins have no faces yeah. uh it's just like a, a white like ovoid you know and thus all of my nightmares are continued yeah, yeah. So she's calling out hello Corinne. the lights go out yeah. yeah someone in a hoodie in a black hoodie is running around the room yeah the black hoodie appears as the lights go out and it's kind of Hannah's freaking out and kind of moving around between mannequins, and this hoodie's moving around as well. Playing a little, little bit of a cat and mouse. Yeah, and eventually A is kind of like behind this like row of mannequins on that are like hanging from like uh, something that slides because A like pushes all the mannequins over onto Hannah. All the mannequins are hanging by chains from the ceilings. Mm-hmm. It's like the most terrifying art installation ever. Yeah, and so the mannequins all get pushed onto Hannah, and she falls over and. A runs out, but as A runs by, that A key, the the key to A's lair, just kind of falls down onto the ground. "Mm -hmm." And then Hannah gets an A text that says, next time you'll be left faceless, A. And Hannah's like, just like freaked out looking at this text, but then she just kind of sees that key that landed on the ground like a few feet away from her. 
just out of curiosity, did you say Hannikins a second ago? I don't think so. A pushed over the Hannikins? I'll have to check the audio. I was like, that'd be a great slip of the tongue. Hannikins. <laughs> so that's basically the end of Hannah. We'll see Hannah again. Do you identify also... as a Hannikin? LOL. Tumblr joke. Um, so we see Hannah again talking to Spencer later. We'll see Hannah, of course, you know, when she's co-opted into the Arya storyline. But now we're going to move on to That's basically Emily. it for Hannah. Uh, obviously, that wasn't an interview with a top designer in Philly. It was just another setup by A. Mm-hmm. So this, I think this is the first time we've seen the back entrance to Toby's loft apartment. Yeah, we see um, it's like outside kind of probably behind the brew, I guess. There's like kind of a metal stairway that might lead to a fire escape or something. But there's this back entrance and then we come inside and Toby's doing like some drafting. Oh, hold on. So the side of this building, though, it looks like you're like in a desolate urban neighborhood, which Mm -hmm. is funny because on the other side. You're on like Rosewood's main well, street, this is sole like, commercial area. This is like the one alley on the show that yeah. they do all their like uh, shooting on. I'm, I'm sure like the back lot that they shoot on just has this one location that Side they dress note. up for different reasons. Side note, which do you think is bigger, Rosewood, Pennsylvania, or Bemidji, Minnesota from Fargo? Uh, probably Bemidji. Interesting. Uh, bigger, yeah. you think? I would say so. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure this location is also where they film the uh, like the train. That's what I was thinking, yeah, yeah. It looks like where, a lot they, like where they get off the train. The train from Philly, yeah. So, yeah. Emily comes to Toby's place, she's brought coffee. He's oh, looking... I, I, I gotta talk about what Toby's doing here. Please do. He's at a drafting table, and he's got, like, a drafting ruler, one of those three-sided rulers. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, it's like he's editing some blueprints, with, but he's using a pen. Like, nobody does that with a pen, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you doing, Toby? You don't draft with a pen. Uh... Toby Cavanaugh, teen architect? Yeah. Teen contractor. Uh, He's just like, oh, don't mind me. I'm designing the new giant stadium. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just, you know, shitting out skyscrapers here, Emily. What about Mm -hmm. you? Half the place that he's got here looks very modern. The other half looks like it just has sheets over things. Yeah, because it's still under construction. Oh, by the way, um, this episode is supposed to take place on November November 6th. We know that because it's Toby and Spencer's anniversary in this episode. Mm-hmm. And if you do the math and like, like Caleb, Caleb's password is like for November 5th when him and Hannah hooked up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Spencer and Toby got together the next day. So if you do all the math, you, you can figure out it's supposed to be November 6th. So somehow it's six days after the Halloween train, which is just... not supported in the text. Also, <laughs> no. if you are watching season five, this will blow your mind even further. Yeah, because it's not even Christmas yet in season five. Yeah, so... Just We're on season three. Chew on that. Yeah, so Toby's going to let Emily just hang out. He's uh, heading over to Spencer's to shower, since the plumber, <laughs> w- plumber won't be here until nine. And the uh, shit. I think we can all just assume. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's no running water at all in his place. He has to shit at Spencer's. That's why he keeps going over there. Mm-hmm. Well, Emily's probably, going to- Emily brought him some coffee to kind of... Help get things moving. Yeah, move things yeah. along. Yeah, yeah. Emily's going to just hang out and read her book, Lord of the Flies. Well, and that, she, well it's like she opened the brew this morning, but she's but they're not, not open there. Yeah, but they're not open or something. Well, maybe she just opened it and she's done now. I don't know. <laughs> like she just like did it for a couple hours till somebody else showed up. Well, it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, and like 
how early did she get there? I mean, she has to I go to know. school. Uh, whatever. So yeah, she really identifies with the boys on the island. I'm pretty here. sure, as like a high school student, you wouldn't be allowed to like open a place at like five thirty in the morning. Exactly. I exactly. don't think they allow. I mean, you I to had do a that. I had a paper route when I was in high school, and I don't think that was even frowned upon. I wouldn't recommend it. Um. So, so Emily then somehow equates the plot of Lord of the Flies with being terrorized by A, which this is the book she has to read. Yeah, kind of a leap, but she says that. You know, rather than tearing them apart, Mona Mona brought these girls together. Yeah, she's talking about how the boys on they were stuck on the island. She's like, but we girls did it the right way. We stuck together. And, and Toby's just like, thick as thieves. And uh, she, Emily says, we knew A was trying to tear us apart. Mona, Mona actually brought us together. And we know that now we're stronger for it. And Toby's like, so actually you have something to thank her for. And she's like, shut your ugly face up. Yeah, that wouldn't go that fucking far. So now that Mona's back, she seems to be a model citizen. So Toby asks Emily, you know, you tell me if things start up again. And she just kind of lies and says, of course. Yeah. And you, there's this whole running thread where Toby just seems disappointed that they keep lying to him. It's like, it's like that's why he became A or something. I feel like that's like the implication. Who do you think you are, Toby? Who do you think you're dating? Who do you think these girls are? Yeah. They're pretty um, and they're little, but they're liars. Exactly. Um, so Toby asks her to lock up on the way out and tosses her the keys. And once Toby's gone, Spencer call or Emily calls Spencer and says, yeah, <laughs> calls Spencer and says, mission accomplished. Yeah. He's hey, on Spence, his way to your house. Mission and accomplished. I've, I've got the keys. So there's some, there's a ruse afoot. Mm-hmm. So we got to school. Emily and Paige are sitting at that table in the quad area. They're, Emily's brought Paige some rosemary chicken and kale salad. Uh, which I guess is Kale's or uh, Kale Paige's favorite. She says, "On well, Paige's like, what did I do to deserve this?" Yeah, and so Paige, well, since Paige wasn't feeling like going out, Emily brought all her favorites to her, and Paige gives Emily this creepy look that's just like, "Marry me." Well, I mean, that's that's sweet for one, and also like, girl brings you food, you know. Maybe it's time to put a ring on it. Yeah, they're high school seniors. I know. I'm just saying, like. That would bowl me over too if I were Paige. And so Emily's like, uh, hey Paige, have you given me thought to uh talking to your shrink? And Paige is like, Ask actually, yeah, I uh I found someone and I have an appointment with them this afternoon. And she says, I figure talking to someone who understands what I'm going through will only help. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting phrasing. Yeah, she thanks Emily for the push. Uh Hannah shows up because she needs to talk to Emily for some girl talk. Well the way the way Hannah walks up, she has like her arms kind of spread out. Arya does this too. Her right. arms are kind of out to the side, you know, and she's just like, hmm, I need to borrow Emily for some girl talk. Like, basically, like, we can't talk about shit while you're around, Paige. Well, she says, not girl on girl talk, just girl talk. And Emily's kind of nodding, like, yeah, yeah, I get it, you know. Yeah, the arm out gesture is funny because it's it's partially like, like, she might as well be flapping those arms, like Hannah's flying in mm-hmm. with, like, an update. But it's also, like, she's about to start waving her arms, like, hey, I need help. Yeah. So they go up to another table and talk. Well, like, because Emily has this look, she's just like, really, bitch? Like, right now? And Hannah's like, yeah, right now. Well, not even just right now, but it's not girl on girl talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they go to the table to talk. Uh, Hannah has a big favor to ask. Spencer has her anniversary. Arya is sick. Hannah has a job interview, so she needs Emily to follow Caleb to see who's going to talk to Mona about with her shit. Yeah, and this is all because of that conversation she overheard on the phone, and Emily's just like, I love you, Hannah, but I'm not in the CIA. I don't know the first thing about following people. 
And Hannah says, it's easy. You just stay far enough away that he doesn't see you, but not too far that you lose him. And Hannah's like, well, what if he does see me? And she says, you lie. You just say you happen to be in the area. So how did Hannah know this? From awesome Ashley Marin, who would bring Hannah along on her, like, uh, kind of like stalking missions to see if, uh, her husband was hooking up with Isabel. And Emily's just like, he was hooking up with Isabel. And Hannah's like, yeah, my point exactly. Yeah. And so Hannah says that she would do it for Emily if tables are turned. So, you know, mark that one down. Yeah, if they um, in danger, she'd do it for Emily, too. So after school, we're, you know, we're outside the school. We see Emily's in her car. She's watching as Caleb's walking out of school. Then she sees... Well, this is where the, that music is playing in this, like, montage, yeah. Right. Then she sees that Mona's also walking out of the school watching Caleb. Oh, I kind of love this, because, yeah, she... Caleb walks out, and then Mona walks out, and Mona's like kind of watching Caleb as mm-hmm. Emily watches her, and then Mona kind of looks over in Emily's direction, but doesn't necessarily see Emily because Emily kind of like ducks down. Again, incredibly poor ducking down. Yeah, uh, and then we see Emily, or I'm sorry, Mona instead just like greet some people in front of the school, and like goes to sit down. So it's like maybe Mona didn't see her, uh, but I, I do love the kind of like. Emily's watching Caleb, who's being watched by Mona, who then Emily also spots, you know? Right. Well, Emily La- has, Layers upon layers of intrigue. Emily has a moment where she's just basically like straight up like, woo! Mm-hmm. So then she sees Caleb start up his car, so she starts up her car and follows him. Later, we see Caleb is walking down the streets. I'm not sure this like is Rosewood. Main Street? No, I'm pretty sure this is Rosewood. Because this is a wholly different coffee shop. They do go to a different coffee shop, presumably with good reason, because Emily might be at the other one. I don't believe there could be another coffee shop. This might be Philadelphia, for all we know. So mm-hmm. Emily's following him. Caleb looks back at one point, and Emily just like quickly hides behind like a brick pillar. Mm-hmm. Um, so Caleb's like, oh, coast clear. I don't know what I was thinking. He goes into this coffee shop, and he sits down, and for a moment, it looks like he's nodded to or he's talking to someone. You can't quite see past the window like what he's looking at. So Emily can't quite see that yet. So she then gets a text from Spencer that says, A, in quotes, set up Hannah, need to talk, now in all caps i like that yeah. she put a in quotes <laughs> yeah a set of hannah need to talk now so and emily like kind of looks in on caleb and doesn't really appear to be up to anything so she's well, like, now she can see that he's sitting at a table alone and it looks like he's just waiting for somebody well so you know he's seat. waiting for somebody but to emily it just looks like he's sitting at a table right and so it's just like oh you know whatever you know so mm-hmm. she takes off and the camera pans over to another window in the coffee shop and he sees like some people kind of move out of the way, and there at the counter is Paige. Paige is like getting some coffee, and then she goes and sits back down to talk to Caleb. Yeah, Paige sits down, brings Caleb coffee. Paige thanks Caleb for meeting with her. Yeah, we, we cut to inside now after Emily's left. She's sorry that Caleb had to lie to Hannah about this, and Caleb says that Hannah would have only tried to stop them. It says some lies are worth the risk. Yeah, Paige has been really scared since the lighthouse. She's not afraid for herself, she eventually realized. She's afraid for Emily. I like how they Paige is like, it took me and Emily so long to get to a place where we could trust each other. And they're both both like, yeah, we, we both know Hannah and Emily like wouldn't like us doing this, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Paige thinks that Emily has basically been doing this for so long that she's just numb to it. Numb to how dangerous it is. And Caleb agrees and he says they know Mona has people watching the liars every move. But there's no way she's watching all of them all the time. And so while the liars are playing sitting duck, 
He thinks they can circle the pond, and then Paige cuts in and says, Nail her psychotic butt to the wall. Caleb and Paige are speaking the same language. I mean, they're this close, like, high-fiving here. Yeah, they're, like, forming, like, a sub-liar team here. So, with the that, mot- team. that motel room that she had previously, Mona basically kept all the girls' secrets and, like, the stuff against them as trophies. And that's what kept them from going to the cops. So they come up with the idea, the realization that if they can find Mona's trophy room, they can put an end to this. Mm. Raise your hand if you think that's going to happen. Well, raise your hand if you think that Paige or Caleb are going to solve this. No. Um, so it's then, a pretty little liar show, Paige and Caleb. It's not the Paige and Caleb show. Yeah. No, you're all. Yeah. So it's time to talk about Spencer. Spencer's room. Toby gets out of the shower. Toby's in like a towel. I like how we see him through the reflection in Spencer's oval mirror. Mm -hmm. So he's wearing just a towel. His body's damp. You can see that 901 free at last tattoo, which I believe I warned you a while ago will be important at some point. Um, He warned me personally or like the audience? The audience. I think you've seen the show before. Maybe I'm warning you too. I don't know. You're on notice. So he promises the last time he'll have to come over because the water's been shut off. And I'm sure (laughs) he's just tired of pooping in her place. But the Spencer gaze... Says that she doesn't mind him basically coming over and getting naked and damp at her place. Well, I like how um, Spencer is buttoning up her shirt right now. And there's kind of where she's standing. She's standing in her kind of inner closet area. And the door of the closet's open. So there's like kind of a divider between them. Mm-hmm. It's like he's in this towel and she's buttoning up like uh, kind of right around the, the, the doorway from them. And she's got uh, kind of a white blouse with some flowing sl- sleeves. Uh, kind of a high-waisted beige pattern skirt with like big black trim at the top and bottom, and some knee-high boots and crimson socks. Mm-hmm. I like the socks were crimson. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, I told you, I don't have a problem with you coming over." Mm-hmm. And Toby's probably thinking, like, "Yeah, I mean, it's cool and all, but like, uh, it's really nice to be able to shit when you need to." Right. So he basically suggests that she should come over later and try out his new tub. Toby with the tub again. Yeah, he's he's just like I gotta gotta get that tub action. Like I tell you, I feel like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, yeah. It's um, just awkward water everywhere. Toby's like, there are jets in this tub that shoot right up your butthole. Um, Spencer hates <laughs> Spencer hates that she can't see him tonight. Uh, Peter's getting honored at some dinner, so of course Spencer has to be there. They'll celebrate tomorrow night, but today is their anniversary. I did like how uh, when Toby mentions the tub. And now she won't be able to check it out. She kind of just like rolls her eyes and scoffs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh, some dinner that she has to go to for Peter. So she can't be there for their anniversary dinner. We'll have to do it tomorrow. You know, for all of our jokes about uh, Toby, like having to use the bathroom at Spencer's. I should say that in my notes, the next sentence says, Toby picks up his pants and some shit falls out. <laughs> so it sounds like some change or whatever. Falls yeah. Out of the pockets. Spencer finds like a hole in his pocket. Uh, and Toby makes this noise. He's just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like the weirdest noise that Keegan Allen makes. She, she chastises him for having this hole in his pocket and for basically being a poor piece of shit, especially when his amazing rich girlfriend can easily fix that hole. Yeah. She um, made an entire queen of Scots outfit without a pattern that was like, you know, period accurate. So yeah, surely she can fix a hole in your pocket. She says she does three years asshole. ago. Nice, nice callback to the first secret. Mm-hmm. What are you putting but, in your pockets, Toby? Yeah, I um, a hole there. So he guess. says, "You know, is there anything you can't do?" And she says, "Well, yeah, I can't get out of this stupid dinner tonight." Yeah, which is when Veronica 
ahems from the uh, doorway. Yeah. And Toby turns around because he's still in the towel. Uh, and he's like, um, I was just going to go in the other room and get dressed. Yeah, because he's realized he's half naked in front of his girlfriend and his mo- and her mother, and this is not porno. I would say that's like more than half naked. He's wearing yeah, a towel. This is not porno hub, so this is not going to happen here. So Veronica yeah. offers to help Spencer pick out an outfit for the dinner tonight. Did you which say is porno hub? I did, which is mostly a segue back into the subject. Porno hub. Okay. What is the easiest to reference porn site for a mass audience? I don't know. I think at least with, with porno hub. You have a pretty good idea what you're in for. You do realize it's not Porno Hub, though, right? It's Pornhub. Is it Pornhub? Yeah. Oh. I prefer nice accuracy in the details of our show. Tell us more about Pornhub. Mm-hmm. I've how heard much, about it. How much does a subscription cost? Seriously, does anyone pay for that shit? Uh, Seriously. So, what's Toby? He's going to go in the other room and get dressed. And Veronica kind of makes some conversation about this dinner. Veronica, yes. did you know that she kind of casts an eye on Toby from in there as he's looking, as he's walking past? Yeah, why not, you know? Yeah. She's like, aces. Aces. Oh. Yeah. So, Spencer's like, you sure dad will, you sure dad will be upset if I don't go to this thing tonight? And Veronica's like, well, your dad has to sit through this bullshit, so he wants his family to sit through this bullshit, too. Misery loves company. Which is the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so Toby's just like, well, I'm going to show myself out here. And so he starts to leave, then Veronica stops him and picks up his shirt, and she's like, Toby, you forgot your shirt, which I feel like is some sort of, like, meta joke mm-hmm. to the audience, because Toby's always taking his shirt off. Right, right. Because she says it, like, the framing of it, she's looking directly into the camera, she says it. Wink. Yeah. yeah. Um. So once Toby's gone, Veronica shuts the door, and she turns to Spencer, and she says, how did I do? Because it was all just a ruse. Oops. They're all just trying to make Toby think that Spencer has a dinner to attend tonight. But really, she doesn't. Um, Veronica gives a copy of her grandma's recipe to Spencer and says that she made this lasagna for Peter on the night of their first anniversary, and Toby will love it. So this is all just a ruse for Spencer to surprise Toby on their anniversary with an anniversary dinner. Do you feel like later Veronica walked out of the room so proud that she copied this family recipe for her daughter and then thought to herself, oh, fuck, I hope she doesn't marry Toby. (laughs) He's a carpenter. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Um. So Spencer thanks her. Thanks her for the cover Look, story. Can I interject for a moment? Please. Lasagna? Yeah. Mm. I, I'm not against lasagna. Lasagna is a perfectly fine meal. But like, it just doesn't scream like super fancy to me. I, like I, I can't good... ever say I've had like an amazing lasagna in my life. I like a good tortellini. I am also a tortelli fan. I'm actually a, I think it's called nachi. I like that even more, but... Nochi? Okay. Yeah. I mean, even, even lasagna? S- yeah. Even spaghetti, I feel like it'd be more romantic. It's like, oh, you made me there's, casserole. There's mm. there's noodles, you kind of suck not it in your mouth. Like, uh, there's meatballs. It's a very sexy dish. Lasagna's not a sexy dish. Yeah. Not a sexy dish at all. I mean, you might as well cook up some hot beefaroni or something. Hmm. Anyway, so Spencer thanks her. Thanks for the cover story. Veronica says, I hope he likes surprises. And Spencer basically yells, I'm counting on it. <laughs> so, Which, like, I just like that we're building up to a disaster here. Yeah, we because are. Spencer is going to, yeah, in case you haven't caught on, Spencer is going to surprise Toby with something. Like, wonder what could happen there when Toby's A. Yeah, so at Toby's place, we start in on a shot of a Scrabble board. On the side is an engraved placard that says, for tea, 
My safe place to land. Always your girl. S. Aww. Uh, the, there's some music playing. The lyrics say, we fear rejection, prize attention, play perfection. Hmm. On the board, we see spelled out in Scrabble letters in the very middle, I love you. And then on the sides, you know, on the coming down the left side and over the top, we're sharing the G. On the left, we see goofball is written out. And then on top of that is glycisaraldehyde, which is a nice callback to season one's A Person of Interest, which is Toby yeah. Spencer in the hotel room. It's the same same words they're playing there and spencer we kind of pan over to spencer this is all one shot i believe right uh, spencer has like put some saran wrap on her lasagna and has put it in the fridge to bake later uh she goes over and gets some wine and sets it on a table and the table has like a a nice you know white linen tablecloth and napkins it's all set up for a fancy dinner there's know? candles and glasses yeah, yeah. i mean she's, she's ready for a nice dinner um she has a card and she goes looking for a pen she opens a, a junk drawer and pulls well, out she a looks pen. in her purse and can't find a pen so she goes over to like a junk drawer that toby has yeah mm-hmm. and uh pulls out a pen and kind of like leaves the frame to go back and and write on the uh the card but the camera stays on the junk drawer that opened and we kind of pan down and we see that there's an ID badge for Radley in there with mm-hmm. Toby's picture on it. And his name is E. Lamb, orderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we kind of pan back up and we see Spencer is just kind of contemplating what to write on this card. I love this this whole shot. Yeah, because you never know, at least not based on this scene, if she saw that, that ID card. It just has that feeling of uh like fate almost you know and it's it's this is a i mean spoiler this is an episode where you really have after the episode's played out you really have to think back to well, you have to watch it again basically troy and Bellasargas performance when you realize that she's basically doing like double work here mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's a great episode and her performance it's well written it's well acted it's well directed um but yeah so this is how boo rally was getting into radley um, then we cut to Hannah's bedroom. This is after Hannah got attacked by A in the uh, mannequin death hall, the Hannikin palace of murder. <laughs> um, Spencer is on her laptop while Emily and Hannah are sitting on the bed. And Spencer discovers that Corinne moved her shop a month ago. And I love that the website she's looking at is just a flashy photo of a model and a caption in large letters that says, we've moved. <laughs> well, and the shot selection is interesting here again, where Spencer is in the foreground on her computer. And in the background are Hannah and Emily, usually blurry for most of the shots. They're just kind of like back behind her. Uh, so Hannah's like, the, Spencer's like, did you ever tell Mona about this interview? And Hannah's like, no, I applied there like, you know, months ago. Mona online. doesn't know anything about it. She applied online, yeah. Yeah, and she thinks Mona's just doing this to get back at her for cutting her off. And Emily's like, well, no, it couldn't have been Mona. I saw her at school around four. So Spencer shuts the laptop and she kind of has this like furrowed brow. She and quickly she says, says, "Then it was a minion." Yeah, minion. So uh, Spencer comes over. She looks at the text that Hannah got again, and she says, "Is she threatening to cut your face off?" What? So Emily ponders if Mona's planning to throw acid on Hannah's face. <laughs> and it's like, "You guys, come on!" But wouldn't you love to see like a drunk Mona just saying, "I want to take her face off." Yeah, I, I want to see some kind of variation of like the, uh, you know, Batman origin for, uh, Two Face. Mm. And yeah, I want Mona to really, to really channel some like Nicolas Cage slash like John Travolta. Yeah. So in this show, which of those two people is Mona and which is Spencer? 
John Travolta's horrible. I don't want either of them to be John Travolta. That's the correct answer. Um, so <laughs> they want to like go to the cops now. There's a numerical code on this key, and that could possibly be traced. Oh, Emily wants to go to the cops, right? And Spencer um, is is hesitant. She's just like, no, because that would mean explaining Mona 2.0 and like all this shit. You know, like we don't do that. Yeah. So they they don't know if it's just Mona or her minion. It could be a Mona army too. But yeah, Emily posits the the concept of a Mona, an, a whole A army. But to what purpose? Only Mona knows. So the, the thought is, we still don't know her end game. And Hannah's like, I know her end game to cut my face off. <laughs> and Spencer's like, Yeah, I get it. I hear you guys, but still, like, she's got all these pictures of us at Allie's grave. And Sp- Hannah is just like, You know what? I don't care anymore. She has to be stopped. Yeah, yeah. so Spencer points out that they'll need to run this by Arya first, since this decision affects her, too. Um, they haven't even talked to Arya, so she must be sleeping still. Yeah, Spencer's no one can get a hold tense. of her. She's very tense, but she has to go. She has to get ready for tonight. So she takes the A-key back, and she's like, you know what? Don't worry about Arya. Like, we'll talk about it in the morning tomorrow. Uh, yeah, she's got to get ready. And I like how it's interesting the way it's shot, because... Whenever Hannah, or I'm sorry, whenever Spencer turns away from Hannah and Emily, mm-hmm. she just has this like furrowed brow, like something's troubling her. But then when she turns back around, she's smiling all the time. She puts the mask back it's, on. It's really interesting the way she... she puts the mask back on. Well, at the same time, if we can get grizzly for a moment, I'm picturing a scenario where where Mona's just chilling in her crazy lair, like wearing like Hannah's cut off face. <laughs> um, hey lady, want to help me move the couch? Yeah. Um. So Emily and Hannah really want Spencer to have fun tonight because she deserves it. She, you know, after all this shit, she deserves a nice night with her anniversary for her ugly boyfriend. And Hannah says, if you really want to surprise Toby, then have on five inch heels and nothing else when he walks in through the door. And Spencer just kind of like stares at her and Hannah's like, what? I've heard guys like that, which is true. Spencer's like, thanks for the tip. Mm-hmm. So Spencer leaves. The Emily's face gives Hannah yeah. this look like she's the craziest, silliest skank ever. But Hannah's and Hannah face just has this big smile on her face, like, yeah. She's just like five inch heels. I regret nothing else. Nothing. I regret nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is what I wear with my five inch heels. So um, you know, cut to Spencer's kitchen. She's sitting there against the counter, like contemplating this A key. Yeah, it's like she's just kind of pondering. And then she hears this noise outside and she kind of looks around and then suddenly, like, she looks over at the door, which has, like, windows in it. And Toby's, like, creepy fucking face just, like, kind of appears in the door window. Like, kind of, like, like leans down. And she's super startled. But then he, like, smiles at her. That uh, It's such a creepy shot. That hideous Halloween mask of a face. Because he's, like, mean, it's, like, like whips right into the, the window, you know. Thus, all my nightmares begin. Um, mm. Spencer's like, oh, you scared me. And Toby wanted to surprise her with flowers. She's on a break from work. Yeah, he's got Since, some flowers, and she's very touched, uh, but feels bad that she didn't get her, and she didn't get him anything. And he's like, "It's okay, I didn't expect you to." So she goes to put the flowers. He just expected water. some tuz sex later, is what he expected. <laughs> yeah. Toby sees the A key, and he's like, "A," and Spencer's like, "Oh, it's not what you think." M- Melissa left it here. She has a storage unit in Philly. Spencer just wants to be like, honestly, you start moving back and forth, the water gets everywhere. I don't know what you're expecting, Toby, but seriously. Yeah. Also, it can be not hygienic. Think about it. Um, Toby watches as Spencer drops that key in a drawer. And he's like, well, I need to get back to work. And she's like, that's great. I need to go get dressed for this dinner. And he points out the sky is getting pretty dark, which meta statement. Mm. 
Um, they hug and they eat. Well, and he's like, maybe I'll get to go hop, come home early, you know, because it's gonna rain. And Spencer's like, oh well, uh, call me. Make sure you call me and tell me if you do. Yeah. They hug and they kind of each do a variation of that creepy face over each other's shoulders. Yeah, because you know there's some I love yous and they're hugging and they they both look very pensive, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and as soon as Toby leaves, Spencer just kind of turns. She's smiling until like he leaves, and then she turns around and she's kind of like looking out at the dark clouds. Yeah, she's staring at that window of intent as we mm-hmm. hear the roll of thunder. Uh, so later that night, it's raining down. Toby's driving his truck. His cell phone rings. It's Spencer. She just wanted to check in on him. Uh, he thinks that he'll make it home before the storm really hits. It's already raining pretty hard. Mm-hmm. He asks how the dinner is going, and she says, "You know, hey, it's really moving along." And yeah, totally lying. Because she's in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you know, drive careful. Yeah. Uh, and so here here we, we come to the moment. The moment. The moment is upon us. Mm-hmm. There's someone is looking outside into the windows of the house Hastings here. Mm-hmm. And then we see, like, some, some hands with the lock picks, like, pick the lock to the door. And This is A. Yeah. yeah. A enters and crosses over to the kitchen. And they open the drunk, drunk drawer there. And... It, the framing is really interesting where A is all the way over on like the left side of the frame. It would be a close up of A's face on the left side of the frame, but they're looking down. Well, no, even before that, like, okay. it's like a wide shot of the kitchen as we see A is all the way over on one side and there's all, there's nothing behind A the whole way, you know, back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the framing is fascinating to me. And yeah, but then there's like a kind of a head on shot of A like looking down so we can't see the face. Mm-hmm. As they're looking in this junk drawer, and then kind of blurry in the background, like someone approaches, and it's, it's Spencer. She kind of like side, steps out of the hallway, you know, like far behind him, and walks into the kitchen, mm-hmm. and says, "Is this what you're looking for?" And she's holding up the A key. I just want to say real quick that this is a fascinating thing because it kind of plays out uh, around the time inter- interspersed with the Aria, uh, Aria Meredith, mm-hmm. Emily Hanna stuff. Yeah. And it's so funny is that they, you basically went from one horror movie where our main characters are the victims. They're being hunted through all these tropes. Mm-hmm. And you cut to like another horror movie where one of our main characters is basically their perpetuator. Yeah, and, and this there's is Spencer's all, trap. There's all the lightning storming at play here, you know, lightning like lighting up the room for a moment. But yeah, Spencer's waiting, and uh, Toby kind of looks up in the foreground, and re- it's it's Toby we see now. The the A's, you know, is Toby. I, I think yeah, he Toby's was caught. I don't know. I mean, maybe Keegan Allen should be on the podcast so he can tell us what his motivation was. Some of these scenes, I um, would I would enjoy like four hours of Keegan Allen telling me. What his motivation is for each different face that he makes. Also, just his great response to the Paley Festival for what Toby does when he's not, you know, in a scene. Making chairs. Making chairs. <laughs> so he stands there, not facing her. Spencer throws the key across the room. I love that you hear it hit the ground. Yeah. Some- and then Toby, he, he finally turns around. And they just kind of face off wordlessly. Well, then he starts to approach her, never breaking eye contact. See, he says her name. He says Spencer. And she Spencer. slaps him. Yeah, she slaps the fuck out of him. She's furious right now. Like the emotions playing across her face. I mean, Troy and Bell starts crushing it right now. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, he asks how long she's known. Yeah, and she starts to cry and holds up the Elam ID, mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of takes it. And then we, Veronica calls from the other room, and Spencer turns around, and as she turns around, Toby takes off 
out the door. Spencer looks back and Toby's gone. The door's open and Veronica walks in and it's, it's that sad moment where Veronica's like looking happy, like, Oh, how'd it go, Spencer? Yeah. And then she sees Spencer's face. And Spencer breaks down and crying. She says, Mommy, and just grabs her mom in an embrace and like hugs her in tears. Yeah, she's breaking down crying. Everything's obviously not okay with Spencer right now, which, oh, of course. So then we. I mean, what does Veronica think here? Just like that Spencer got dumped on her, on her anniversary, I guess. So then we cut to a scene that before we talk about, I just want to say is so lushly, gorgeously evil. And beautiful <laughs> that I'm still not positive that I didn't dream this dark perfection up. Yeah, I'm not going to do justice to Spencer's dialogue here because she crushes it. This Troy, scene, Troy and like she nails the inflection in a way that it really hits you. Well, in this scene, before we talk about, it, I'll just say this scene could have been easily 20 minutes longer, and I would have eaten it up with a spoon. Yeah, we're outside of Toby's loft. Spencer. Approaches outside and knocks on the door. She can hear piano music playing inside. Mm. And she says, I know you're in there. Uh, and so no answer. So she gets out her key and unlocks the door. But like the latch is closed. So she mm. can't open it very far. You can hear the piano a little louder now. And she Jeez. starts to cry. Yeah. And she says, will you, will you just tell me what I, that what I saw tonight wasn't real? Please just tell me that there's more to the story. That there's something that I don't know. Please, Toby, please. I, that's that's a terrible reading. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to match what she Troy did She's just there. falling She's apart. breaking down. She's crumbling into tears. She's literally falls to falling her down to, to her knees, sobbing outside the door. Yeah. So we kind of pan over to the nearest window where we see the outline of a, a hooded figure by the blinds. Inside, we see that same hooded person moves away from the window, and it's all lit up and bright inside Toby's little loft apartment there. This A goes over the table where there's that table that Spencer set out earlier, the candles are lit, the wine is poured into one glass. It looks like there's some bread set out. There's some bread set out. The lasagna is on the plate, and it looks like two or three bites have been had. <laughs> and then we see that this A is Mona. Mona. Mona looks extremely satisfied. She she's Mona's drinking a nice uh nice Dornish red there. Yep, yep. And she's she's wait. The piano music is playing loudly, and Mona's kind of waving her hand back and forth. Fingers, kind of doing the whole like conducting the music thing, you know. She's sipping her wine, um, and she is absolutely saving savoring her victory over Spencer. Like a smile, it creeps across her face. It's like that wine is the most exquisite thing ever. She looks so deadly evil and hot and pleased with herself. I mean, literally, mm -hmm. this this is not hyperbole. I'm not overstating this. This moment rivals Anthony Hopkins' portrayal. Of Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> as far as the portrayal of delicious, cultured evil could go. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one thing to look kind of cartoonishly evil, but Janelle Parrish really takes it to the next level. Like, the yeah. way the smile spreads across her face, she seems so satisfied. And it's, it's funny because uh, there's some various theories about this episode, whether or not Toby was supposed to get caught, but I feel like either way, Mona wins, you know? I think that it was probably not the plan, as far as Toby knew, but I believe it was probably exactly Mona's plan. Well, there's a question of whether or not Toby meant to drop that key, or whether it fell out of his pocket. That's a good question. The wiki posits that he meant to drop it. I kind of disagree. I think it fell out. Well, um, the wiki posits that, yeah, that he was saying it's too early for this part of the phase. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's all, it's all conjecture as to what was the intention. This is how it turned out, and... If this if this was an accident, it's the most happiest of accidents as far as Mona's face is concerned. Well, because it's a win-win for Mona. 
either Toby doesn't get found out in another, you know, successful aim mission, or Toby does get found out and she is just absolutely ripped Spencer's heart out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer, the strong link, you know, Spencer's not the weak link of the group. She's the strong one. And Mona just cut her legs off. I mean, metaphorically, yeah. Mona just ripped Spencer's heart out. Won't mm. even let her die or patch up the hole in her chest. And now she's going to eat that heart on a plate with red wine as if it was lasagna that Spencer cooked earlier in the day. She's drinking the wine. She might as well be drinking Spencer's tears. Yeah, tears mixed of her blood. Mm-hmm. This this is part one of the Dark Spencer saga, and it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love that scene with the... Not only Mona inside, but Spencer outside breaking down. God, she's good. I mean, like I said, I I talked about earlier in the podcast, like the first time I saw the con game where I just I had to stop kind of casually watching this show mm-hmm. and be like, you know, what, this is really enjoyable, actually. And then at this one, it's like you don't realize how much the show has crawled inside of you and has its tendrils wrapped around your heart. I'm pretty sure that this was the episode like the end of my binge watching like i'd finally oh. cut up caught up oh, on this episode bastard. yeah and, and i was yet, just like and oh. yet, how wonderful how perfect yeah this is if you were binge watching this show up to this point and this is the point where you now have to watch it weekly in a way you're lucky because this is the most beautiful agony i can think of i love the way spencer tries to justify it you know the tell me there's more to this story that there's something that i don't know you know like mm-hmm. there's got to be a reason and i yeah, we can say now, like, she knew the whole episode. She, she knew yeah. from the time that she opened that junk drawer on, like, uh, presumably later on in that scene, she found the, the ID and all those scenes with, uh, Hannah and Emily and all that, like, where she met with Toby, like, she's known this whole time and been trying to convince herself that, like, no, there's, there's something else. Like, so it, it can't mean this, you know, and then finally, yes, it does mean that Toby's a. And we talked about in the previous episodes how they're setting up with spencer how she's putting toby more and more on this pedestal mm-hmm. is to get this point and it's interesting because you know complaining about whatever fucking creepy hastings bullshit melissa's up to now that's old hat to spencer she can talk about the other liars you can tell the other liars about that but this is this is toby this is her heart this is the thing that she cannot casually drop she's not Arya, where she can tell you every well, fucking is, suspicion she has this is her safe place to land exactly exactly mm-hmm. um it's just fucking magnificent. Um, That's what I love about the show. It's like the four liars. It's like they've they've all been just put in a pot of slowly boiling water, and uh, it just gets hotter and hotter. You know, and they they just completely lose their minds. Mm-hmm. It was just an absolute fucking joy to rewatch this episode, and everywhere mm-hmm. it goes from here. I mean, like from this point to the end of the season, you are on this breakneck amazing roller coaster of fun i mean like i said the stark spencer saga has started and it is <sighs> stay tuned it's fantastic yeah yeah it's it's so good the next episode just be so happy that you're alive for this okay <laughs> exactly the next episode very aptly titled is called out of the frying pan into the inferno yes because <laughs> like shit has gotten more real than ever before mm-hmm how will how will they deal with it? Toby is a. How will Spencer Spencer deal? And this is the beautiful thing about this show too is most shows would tease us out longer. Like this is it's only been like four episodes since mm-hmm. we found out Toby was a. 
Yeah, and, yeah, they and, got right to it. And the show is very good about like other shows would would keep that uh, sit on that secret for a while. You know what I mean? Like Pretty yeah, Liars is, is like this more is like the third episode of three B. You know? But yeah, Pretty Liars is like, won't it be interesting if we just pour gasoline on this fire <laughs> right now? Well, that's like the the motto of PLL. It's yeah. like we're just going to ratchet up the tension a little bit more and just see. But even see where the breaking expect. point of our liars are. You know. But yeah, I love that Spencer's plea there. It's basically because I've always thought you know A stands for a lot of things, mostly Aria, sometimes anonymous, but really <laughs> it stands for audience. Exactly. Yeah. But in this one moment, Spencer is kind of the audience proxy. Like she's like speaking on behalf of all of these like poor doom star-crossed spoby lovers like mm-hmm. please tell me there's more to this story yeah there's must be some explanation for this right like you're you're not just an a right yeah the secret is hell in the deep dark cave that looks like toby's like a toiletless apartment and toby's not even there to give you those answers mona's there and she's drinking the delicious blood wine mm-hmm. yeah so excited can't wait to come back and talk to the next one and with that, we'll, we'll leave you to our new Techno A music and uh, be back next week. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.